Hey everyone, I want to talk to you real quick about Anchor. I love podcasts, and back in high school, I tried to start one. It crashed and burned almost immediately because high school schedules are basically the anti podcast. But after deciding to revive and remodel it in 2021, actually being able to record in 2022, Anchor was instinctually my first port of call. Now, this is not a sponsored segment, much as I wish it was. Anchor really is just that good. It's super quick, super easy to do. I record on my dingy laptop with a mid-tier mic, and Anchor just makes it so efficient to get these episodes out there. What's more, you can pre-record segments like this one, for example, upload them, and drop them into wherever you want to drop them in during your episode. And you can do that all just on your phone. It's so... I. I don't want to overuse the term super easy, but it, it really is super easy. If you want to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about, I would highly recommend getting Anchor. All right, well, that's quite a way we bring to you our feature presentation. everyone, welcome to our feature presentation, where every Friday I, Maddie, sit down with one of my many delightful friends and we engage in high-minded intellectual discussion about a select cinematic work for roughly an hour and a half. This week's work will be Captain Marvel and the delightful friend is Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi. Yeah, this is <laughs> when you say intellectual discussion. I'm like, okay, you got the wrong gal, but I'll try my oh, best. Thank you very not much. Not when it comes to space blondes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's my... That's my area of expertise. I feel like I'm well enough first. That and Don, if we can get a weird sci-fi fantasy movie about space blondes and dinosaurs, I'll be sure to bring you. Oh, that would be so perfect. Um, yeah, for fun, I run a little account on Twitter just called Carol Ann Talks Comics at Ann Comics. And over there is where I spend all of my day whenever I have free time <laughs> doing whatever. That's where I go to just talk about anything and everything I'm reading. Because I read a lot of comics, at least, at least, at least two. I've read at least two <laughs> at comics least before. Two. <laughs> and, and miraculously, yeah. she finds time to bully me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my second favorite hobby actually is just <laughs> I, I make the account everyone. to find people to bully that's how i work uh, the comics are a gateway drug to bullying so before we get started the first question that i ask everyone on this show is you are going to the movie theater today you have picked out your movie whatever that may yes. be you mm-hmm. just woken up for the day. What is your movie theater routine? And this is any weird habits or rituals you may have. What's your timekeeping like? What are your go-to snacks? Do you prefer friends or flying solo? Anything like that. Ooh, so if I'm going to the movies, what do I like to I'm good with friends or solo. Like, honestly, on a weekday, I'm perfectly fine just going there solo. Just going up to the concession stands. I always like to buy concessions every time because I know that's, like, the main thing that supports the theater. And I love my theater experience. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'll give you some money sure the hollywood gets whatever and but i'll i'll give you a little money for popcorn i love um bunch of crunch and also cookie dough bites those are so good (laughs) take the pins (laughs) thank you for letting me use your building (laughs) 
Americans have so much better sounding snacks than we do. It's always the same goddamn there... thing. There's like, over here we have a pick and mix section, and then it's mm -hmm. popcorn, nachos, slushy soda, and then like bagged candy that is usually an assortment of like M&Ms or some kind of licorice brand or mm -hmm. Haribo. And that's like, it. Ew. <laughs> licorice no thank you I hate it. Like, no. if there's one thing i'm not taking in a movie theater ever it's licorice like i'll have a debate like am i gonna take in something sweet and sour or am i gonna take something chocolate <laughs> i'm never debating licorice if you hand me licorice <laughs> i i can work with chocolate but if you hand me licorice i'm leaving i'm rating your movie as low as i possibly can and i'm leaving a bad review on yelp <laughs> on yelp <laughs> Just you have to. If you get licorice, you're like legally required. I'm sure. I think you actually have to report it to like the um the FDA or something. You gotta report it to the Better Business Bureau. You're like, please come yeah, shut them down. Fair enough. Uh, I get salted popcorn usually, and then when I went to see Aquaman, that was the one time I ever got nachos mm -hmm. in the movie theater. I don't like. Oh, I love nachos, <laughs> and I love chocolate, mm -hmm. but I don't like. Foods that can A, soak through, B, melt in a two-hour movie experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because those are just done before the credits are done. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't want my snacks to run out, like, on their own. I want to, like, devour them during the trailers, as God intended. So, Captain Marvel 2019. There's Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck, I believe, are the directors. What is your history with this oh. movie, whether that is a character, an actor, the genre, or the director? What got you to watch this movie in the first place? Go. It's so many different factors. This is a movie that I'd personally been invested in for a long, long time. It was... I'm a really big fan of the MCU. The MCU is one of the reasons I got back into comics. I got really hard into comics around 2013. And it was around this time that the character Carol Danvers was undergoing a lot of change in the comics medium. Before then, she had been known as the character Miss Marvel, and she'd been characterized basically as the character that's like, Marvel doesn't know what they want to do with her, and they just kept trying different things that never really worked. Until 2012, where they announced that they were relaunching the character with a new name, taking up the mantle of her former mentor and friend, Captain Marvel, and um, getting a new costume, which was honestly the thing that drew me to the character to begin with. Because I remember I found her at a comic shop. I was just looking through the posters one day, which is, you know, the weirdest place in the comic shop to be looking when there's so <laughs> many comics around I could be buying. But um, I saw the poster for Captain Marvel number one from 2014, which was, I think it's, I, I think it's David Lopez who drew it. I wish I could say for sure. But it's just this bright yellow poster with her on it, like looking absolutely resplendent, fixing the, um, glove on one of her hands yes, looking like she's absolutely ready oh, to yeah that one, one. she's like she's ready to beat down on someone and i just like i got like awestruck by it like i've never been looking at a character before and just felt like my breath like get <laughs> get sucked out of my lungs i was just like wow this is the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life and honestly um i think that's like one of the moments where i'm like 
this is this is strange. I'm looking at this. I like she's beautiful, but I want to be her. This is the <laughs> I I don't know what to make of these feelings. And I took the poster home and I hung it up <laughs> on my wall. And it remained there for so many years. I actually still have the poster. It's like tucked away under my bed. She's been beat to hell. But of course, it's a poster I've had for the last eight years of my life. She is very important to me. And I just I think I decided right there in that moment, like, this is I need to know everything about this character. I need to know so much. So I started picking up her runs, going through it, and it was something that stuck with me very quickly from her appearance. Just the way that she owned this power, owned this larger than life persona that just instantly made me say, like, this is the character who's gonna you know, this is the character that's there for me. This is the Marvel character that I'm clicking with that I love and I want to see where she goes and it's always been hard because I have this curse where I just seem to pick the most unpopular characters to make my favorites (laughs) because Aquaman is my favorite DC character and for the longest time that was a struggle because you tell anyone yeah especially back in 2013 he's the guy who talks to fish you know yeah he's yeah He's the fish guy. No one wants to have fish guy as their favorite hero, but that was me. And for some reason, Captain Marvel was about the same, except no one was saying she was worthless. People just didn't like the fact that she wore pants. And um, (laughs) I was... I was stuck fighting that battle since I started. So it's been an exhausting road. But when Kevin Feige got on stage and announced in 2015 that... One of the movies coming soon would be Captain Marvel and that Carol was going to get her chance to shine. There was like such elation for me because it was like this character has come to mean so much to me over the years. And to get to see her in the big screen, it's like one of the things where it's like I'm just jumping up and down because I couldn't imagine what she would look like. I couldn't imagine who would play her. I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to see a female presence on the screen like that. Because back then it was just like basically unheard of because, you know, it's pre-Wonder Woman either, even. And just like, it's a movie I've been thinking about for years. And then Brie Larson gets announced, which was strange for me because like I had, I've been rooting for like Yvonne Strahovski because like, she was the only name I knew because I knew her from Chuck. <laughs> and I'm like, just anyone other than Ronda Rousey, who was also like a really big name at the time. And I'm like, anyone, someone that can act, please give oh, me someone that can act. Don't and so talk they, about Mortal when they Kombat got, 11. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> oh my God. I that Those were dark days. People forget. It's so fast for people to forget. There were dark days before Brie Larson. It was just, oh, it's, it was such a relief after I realized like how great of an actress she was because I'd only known her from Jump Street before. Can you, if you can believe, that's the only place I knew Brie, Lars- Brie Larson from. And then I saw yes, the room and I'm like, oh, oh my god, dear darling Carol has not seen Scott Pilgrim yet. A fact I am going to oh, rectify yeah. in the near future. <laughs> but oh my god, yeah. it's incredible how she has not yet seen this. I I know it's one of those movies that I like always filed away under the I'd probably love this I just haven't had the urge to watch it yet and I don't know why <laughs> it's it's up there with like Dragon Ball Z like you some can let things Dragon just, Ball Z go I'm gonna be honest oh I can let that go <laughs> even as someone who like watches movies of media I have not consumed so I'll be like oh I enjoyed it mm-hmm. because I'm not familiar with the source material so I don't know how they've ruined it. 
you could let Dragon Ball Z go. It was not good, <laughs> even for me. And I don't know shit about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> well, I didn't mean the movies. I'm avoiding the movies. I'm talking oh, about like the, the show and the entire franchise. Oh, fair enough. I thought we were talking about the live action movies. <laughs> Which was bad. No, 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 no. I, I completely get that, and I totally believe it. I, it's like, yeah, I haven't watched Dragon Ball. I know this is awful. Oh, well, I stopped watching anime but, yeah, that's... whenever, so. <laughs> Entering my weep phase. Anyway, yeah, I think that's about it. That was, like, my journey to get to this movie. It's just, it was one that I had been anticipating for a while. I remember my, my proudest moment is... um. <laughs> watching Infinity War in theaters for the first time and getting to that end credit scene and literally yeah. jumping out of my seat when I saw the, the logo <laughs> on the blinker and I think I screamed at the top of my lungs, Thanos better pray. <laughs> I was oh, so I happy. to see that. Just to see that. <laughs> oh, the hype was real. The hype was really, really real. And she got here and I'm so happy about it. Well, yes. I always... I always have this section blank. I keep meaning to type this up after I make my notes because I make my notes as I <laughs> watch the movies. But I right. always forget about this section. Hmm? No, no, keep going. Okay. I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I always forget about uh, this section of like what my history was. Uh, so I never really get into it. But I'm, <laughs> I got into Captain Marvel because of you. And I'm sure many Aye. people have as well. Aquaman, I've so way before I was on comics Twitter, I did embark to progress through the DC animated movie universe, and Throne of Atlantis <laughs> was definitely one of the better ones for me. But anyway, uh, God, I think the first DC AMU movie I watched was Flashpoint because it had Grifter. <laughs> I was in a Grifter phase back then. <laughs> Uh, and oh honestly, my gosh. I still am, but that's a different topic for a different time. I got into Captain Marvel because of you. Uh, I was already, you know, into the MCU at that mm -hmm. point, and this was pre-No Way Home, so Winter Soldier was still my favorite MCU movie, and I didn't really know too much about Captain Marvel, aside from the fact she was, like, I knew she was cool because of you. And this is one of those cases that's like, <laughs> no, 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 trust me, she's such a badass and you will love her. But I always perceived her as like the human glow stick, you know? I knew that she had power and I knew that she was amazing and incredible. But because I had not experienced that power firsthand, she was just like, um, she was just glowy to me. She was a fun, glowy blonde. And I think in comics... My first interaction with Captain Marvel was Unstoppable Wasp by Jeremy Whitley when they name-dropped her, mm -hmm. and Janet Van Dyne said that Captain Marvel glows in the dark, so she bought an eye mask <laughs> to help her sleep. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so I always had that image in my mind, <laughs> like Carol being the glowing one. And then I watched the movie, and I was like... Mm -hmm. Oh, yo, she's, like, really cool. And again, I, I don't want to say she wasn't cool, because I always thought she was cool. But seeing it mm -hmm. is just, uh, it's so much different from hearing everyone say, hey, Captain Marvel is so awesome. And then 
again, because of you, I read Captain Marvel 2019, Kelly Sue DeConnick, and I've since reached the end of that run, and it's very good. And it just added so many more layers to Carol for me. And so, yeah, that's like my history with Captain Marvel. But in terms of like watching the movie specifically, <laughs> yeah, it, that was just like a progression of the MCU. I didn't vibe with Infinity War. And I didn't have super high hopes for Captain Marvel, but I would say it exceeded them. We'll get mm-hmm. into like the actual movie itself when I come to those segments. But it was it was good, and I liked it. And Brie Lawson is a big part of that. Samuel L. Jackson is a big part of that. Oh and yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I feel inadequate because I'm trying to follow up with your deep emotional. Rooted history. <laughs> Carol, I'm just See? like, oh, she's the no, funny no, glowy okay. blonde. She's the funny one who glows <gasps> and she punches good. That's me. That was me before I read <laughs> Captain Marvel 2019. Oh, it's so good though. It's not because yeah, she does punch good. She so. does punch good and she fly good in two different she ways. She fly good. I I really appreciate the stuff about the her glowing in the dark because I still haven't read through that um that unstoppable wasp run oh and God, I now so I now feel like funny. I have to yeah like Nadia and Ying have a sleepover uh, with Janet and she's like listing all the various sleeping methods that she's acquired from like sleeping in Avengers <laughs> Tower I think it's like um. I don't remember where the white noise machine comes from, but I think it was, like, Tony working at 3 a.m., uh, like, on his machines and his suits and stuff, which I'm mm-hmm. almost certain is completely wrong, uh, and it might have been something else, but whatever. Uh, so, anyways, let's get on to the actual movie and not yes. uh, divulge into tangents. So what are some things that you love most about this movie from, you know, the big emotional hard-hitting moments to little tiny insignificant details that you just love are there any memorable scenes or pieces of dialogue that stick in your mind there's see here's here's the here's the thing this is what's gonna get you you're gonna get like canceled right away because you're bringing on someone who liked this movie first so automatically that's that's a (laughs) no-no it seems like whenever you get conversations about this movie there's like people a lot of people treat it like it was the end of the world and i don't get it like i have that personal connection to the character so i'm always i'm obviously going to be a little biased where it's like yeah like I, I, it's a movie I love, but it's I'm very much aware that I love it because I have that bias towards the character, and I'm okay yeah. with that because you know film's subjective, and it's gonna hit me that way because it hit me that way. And yeah. but I still think there's so much here that's really nice, really cool. Um, I thought one of the first things that comes to mind is just the um, putting the char- the main character aside for the second. I loved the twist with the scrolls as a comic yes. book fan. Oh my god, that was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's exactly the opposite of what you're expecting. And it just completely takes you by surprise. And I think it goes well against this whole idea of like indoctrination and the stuff she's been fighting against this whole time. I think it has a really important message about, you know, I think overall the movie has some really important themes about like not being too certain and um, being very wary of things like nationalism and um, yes. <laughs> blind allegiance. Yeah, I think... And- you handled that really well. Uh, you go. I was chipping in. You continue. With your- oh no, they, no. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. I I thought that was the 
really <laughs> the really big moment for me because I I love that because we got Telos on our side and Ben Mendelsohn here is just too good yes. to be a bad guy. Oh He's my God. I want to root for him. I I do too. I'm skipping way ahead, but like one of the notes of like the little insignificant moments that I just loved was that scene at the end when they're all around the dinner mm-hmm. table. And no, it was it was before that, before the Yon Rog fight and all that. And and it was like God, I watched this movie today and I cannot remember the sequence of events that occurred. <laughs> but it was this scene where Talos was like, I could be your boss again to Fury. He's like he's got beautiful blue eyes. I just love that because it's like a little bit of a meta joke, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. That was just one of my tiny moment notes. Oh, that was so good. That his whole family was so cute. I loved the yes. moments with him and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, his daughter and Monica. I get the two mm-hmm. mixed up. <laughs> it's yes, but they were so cute. Oh, the, yeah, I was gonna say the the kids in this movie are great. I loved Monica here, and. I'm so excited to see where she goes next. I like the way that the MCU is p- making sure that all these little bits pay off. And I'm interested to see how their relationship develops going forward. Yes, I don't care about WandaVision, but I am very excited for Spectrum. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, I made my notes in chronological order. So, you know, it's a mixture of, uh, you know, it's like big moment, then little moment, the big moment. The first note that I have is a little moment, and it's when <laughs> Carol wakes up at night, and she goes to Yon-Rog, and she's like, hey, I can't sleep. Do you want a spa? And Yon-Rog gets her in an arm lock. And I just love that Brie Lawson's arm is tiny compared to Jude Law. <laughs> like, her arm is the size of his chest. It's so funny. And that wasn't even anything to do with the movie. I just like them. <laughs> say that scene was so good because you just get like the entire like dynamic behind the relationship in just one scene where she is just like a fire a spitball yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay okay annoying i like her the good annoying she she bullies him a little bit she's a lot like yeah it's a lot like us (laughs) (laughs) because you can tell she's a character who like wants to do more and wants to break you know, out of this like confined role that she's been put in, yes. but again and again, this the same guy's like telling her, actually, you need to be doing this. You can't show off too much. You need to keep control on it. Yeah, and which it's a is bit very like, uh, symbolic for a lot of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit like she wants to do more, and she sees that. Like again, it's Yon Rog keeping her back because he knows the truth about her and such. Mm-hmm. But it's about how Carol can. She wants to do more, but in this propagandized uh, society of Hala, she sees that the only way to do more, to get more power, is to get a promotion in this, you know, military hierarchy, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to her overachievement and her eagerness. And it just, it's just, it's a little moment that just informs her. And I also liked, uh, it's, it's not just about her jokes and she is funny but it's about mm-hmm. how she uses that comedy i noticed a little i actually compared it to spider-man uh the actual 616 spider-man not mcu mm-hmm. uh, where it's like carol mcu uses humor as a deflection whenever she's faced with questions about her past or what 
she, I, I wouldn't say wants, but like, I don't know, she questions about herself. She uses a joke to like spin it around or make jokes to turn the conversation to others. Whereas Spider-Man uses it as a coping mechanism. I think PS4 said it best where it's like, I have a habit of making bad jokes in tense situations. And it's an interesting comparison between uh, Marvel's two biggest that I really liked. I think it's not a huge... uh, It doesn't translate to the comics much, but I did see little tiny hints of it here and there in um, 2019 run. Yeah, it's... For Carol as a character, the way she uses humor is often in that same bank. She's a character who whose main struggle has always been finding that her her own version of self-worth and finding her own inner strength. If you trace her path through the comics, that's basically what her whole journey has been about, is just proving to herself that she's worth it. Because she was kind of there at the beginning. She got this really great start. She was really feeling it. She's like, I'm going to be a great hero. But then she gets hit with like, two of the hardest hitting beats in comics back to back and just gets so down on herself for about two full decades because she's this character who was up so high but then got brought down so low and it took her a while to get back to that point yeah because in 2019 carol Mm -hmm. and tony again much like us best friends that bully each other and (laughs) (laughs) it's but I knew a little bit. Okay, so I got a, I got a tangent a little bit. Back in high school, uh, in the school library, one day we got an order of uh, an Iron Man anthology, and that was the first time I read any mm-hmm. Iron Man comics. And it was like a, an anthology of Iron Man's greatest moments. And one of those comics was Demon in a Bottle. So I was very <laughs> familiar with Tony's alcoholism. And as I got more and more into comics over the years, I discovered that Carol also had a little bit of an alcoholism problem. And also, in that mm-hmm. same anthology yep. was the story Mosk and the Iron Man, which I am demanding Dallas bring me on the Comics Collective to talk about that story. <laughs> Dallas, please. Dallas. <laughs> but um, there's a scene in Mosk and the Iron Man where Tony is hallucinating and he sees carol appear and carol tries to help her help her oh my god help him or maybe her good for tony on coming to terms with (laughs) (laughs) her her identity uh there's a scene where carol tries to help him and he just like is completely abrasive and a massive jerk and he just pushes her away and carol is like all right, fine, I just thought I'd try to help you because you helped me through my alcoholism, and that's what we do. We're friends. We help each other. But if you don't want my help and you're going to be a dick about it, then fine, I'll just abandon you here. And he just, like, he just breaks down, and he starts sobbing, and he's like, Carol, no, please. And I remember this so vividly. The last words he says before the Carol hallucination fades is, come have a drink with me. And... Oh, I just, mm. I need more Carol Tony friendships in the MCU. Well, that's not going to happen now, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when I read Captain Marvel 2019, seeing them be friends and knowing their history and their struggles and how they lean on each other in this kind of broken way is so good. And it's probably one of 
it's probably like hands down my favorite Carol relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's so strong, especially if you go back and read all the music stuff that happened during the, <clears throat> his run on the Avengers and his run on Iron Man. That relationship just gets a thousand times better. Mm. It's so deep and interesting. Uh, another couple of small notes. Uh, mm-hmm. Talos and Norex when they're like scanning Carol's memories. I just love that back and forth narration. It's so good. I have the DVD of Captain Marvel and I always have subtitles on. And the subtitles mm-hmm. tell me that the dude in Carol's memories who says, you know why they call it a cockpit, right? That dude's name is Brett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I can, I get it. Yeah, I've. Checks out. It was either Brett or Brent. It's a typo or, yeah, but either way. And then I really like it when (laughs) Carol woke up. She was, like, waking up. And one of the scrolls, like, tapped her head, tapped her on the forehead. And uh, Talos was like, oh, I think that did something. Do it again. (laughs) That was just good. (laughs) Oh, that was so. That's um, one of the things about this movie that's interesting, though, is just how it starts off with, like, her being completely unaware of her past, and it keeps the audience guessing a little bit too as we go, you know, because it doesn't, it kind of starts in media res in that way. Yeah. Uh, I also had, (laughs) I just have blah as one of my notes, and that uh, relates to the scene (laughs) where a scroll rolls at her, and then she just goes, blah. That that whole scene where she's fighting back and her handcuffs, or where she's literally got her hands behind her back and she still has to fight her way out, (laughs) very very great. Oh, I love that scene so much. (laughs) She keeps trying to break out and it's not working. She's just like, "All right, fine, fuck it, I'll work it with this." Because (laughs) one, when I finished uh, my live tweet of Captain Marvel, uh, someone, a Jessica Drew account. Uh, came onto mm-hmm. one of my tweets where I said that Carol was stupid. <laughs> uh, that was not, <laughs> I did not word that <laughs> in the best way. But what mm-hmm. I meant by that was that Carol is very much impulsive. She prefers to punch first. She is smart and she can't figure out solutions, but she's a very brute force character who doesn't really use her brains all that much. I'm not. I'm digging myself into a hole here. And I <laughs> no, no, I mean, you're completely correct. Carol is definitely, at okay, times, good. a act first, ask questions later type character. I have to be very and careful I think that's what just I have to she's say like, about Carol around you. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I yeah. like. I know you're not coming from a place of hostility, so I'm never going to like jump on you for anything. Fair enough. I, the, it, Carol fans can be jumpy people, though, because the internet has made us naturally jumpy, because it's basically always a fight or flight response but yeah i like that it reflected in the movie and she's like well i tried the logical thing but i didn't Mm -hmm. try too hard at it but whatever because i like punching anyway and if punching is the next course of action i'm gonna start punching and i just (laughs) love that so much yeah I think a lot of that comes from her as a character that's just been told her entire life what she should be doing and what's appropriate for her to do. And so it's just every time she has a chance to do the thing that she wants to do, she just does it without Mm. really thinking about it because it's like, this is what I want to do, so I'm going to do it. And it's just, if anything, especially if it's something that lets her express power in some way, then she's going to take it, in my opinion, because it's just like... 
I am so, a character who's so sick and tired of people telling her who she's supposed to be. Going back to like that first scene before we get too far away from it, I think it's very telling for a lot of the more like feminine themes in the movie. Just like <clears throat> there's so often where women have me men in their lives telling them specifically what they're here to do and not listening to what the woman actually wants to do. You know, like patriarchal systems like that. A lot of stuff like that is just commonplace. And Carol as a character has always kind of been supposed to be against that. And sometimes writers succeed, sometimes they fail. And I think in the subtle moments here, they actually really succeed. When you take a moment to like just step back and look at the movie, I think there's subtle moments like that that carry the theme really well. I don't think the theme carries great as a whole throughout the movie, but I think yeah, there's fair. moments where it shines. Yes, and also in that scene, this is so... Uh, by the end of the movie, it's revealed that she crashed and she got recovered by Yon-Rog, had her memories suppressed, mm -hmm. and she's been on Hala for six years. This is the first time in this scroll ship sequence where she has ever been, like, truly by herself. And this more than that, this is the first time she's been away from Yon-Rog in six years. That's six years of this man telling her what to do to control her power. And mm -hmm. now she is completely detached from that. And that's like really where her independence starts and it tracks off from there. And in this scene, because she's still allied with Hala, with the Kree force, she's still kind of trying to keep that training in mind. It's still like uh, embedded and it's like inherent in her thoughts, but she is starting to break out she's you can see her trying to put more force in and uh with the uh, the fucking the restraints and just try and get them off but it is the first time we see her get to cut loose a little bit and it's just uh it's so nice to see there's a lot of themes in here that i, I was actually talking to um dallas and lexi after an episode of the comics collective just a week or two ago about how they're mm. like and i'm sorry to tell you this but this movie doesn't really click with us that much and i'm like that's okay i think one of the reasons it really clicks with me is because i think it works really well as a trans metaphor and what i mean by that is you you brought up the fact that she had been like with this person her whole life um, taught to believe this one thing about herself even though she can feel that something's different and the first time she gets away from him and she starts asking these questions about herself and about who she once was and what she can actually do she starts to you know find that inner strength that inner power and a lot of that was stuff that I related to personally with my own journey with gender identity gender discovery where it's like finding out these things about myself give gave me that sense of power it gave me like an understanding it was like a revelation for me where it's like so many things make sense now it feels like my whole life i've been living in like this cloud and now everything's kind of like lifted everything makes sense now and so like a lot of what carol went through in this movie made a lot of sense to me and there's just when she eventually claims that power at the end of the movie that was very much akin to me deciding like okay i am a woman this is who i'm going to be in my life this is who i was meant to be and just the insane like euphoria that that brings to be able to accept that with yourself. It's one of the reasons why I think this movie works for me a lot better than most other people is because I found that theme within it. And I just thought that was a really cool point that I wanted to bring up. Yes, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. But now that I am thinking about it, it <laughs> another layer that I wanted to add to it is that like she doesn't get cut off from Yon Rog and then she's like, all right, time to start 
blasting some dude. She's still, like I said, she's still allied with Hala. And she is still trying mm-hmm. to keep in mind that control your impulse mindset. And it's not an instant thing. It's a slow journey that she has to realize that she has to come to terms with herself that this is not the way she has to live her life. And it's, God, the movie takes place over what, like a couple days, a week, you know? A um, few days, yeah. Yeah. But even so, it's like, it's a learning process, you know? It's f- And it's not just like learning from uh, the Cree to, oh, I'm powerful now. It's learning that the Cree aren't completely to be trusted. It takes a long time for her to learn that. And then it's like, okay, so now that the Cree are bad, I'm in this weird middle ground where it's like i i want to break free but i still can't because i have this Mm -hmm. limiter in this case like an actual physical control chip on the back of her head and then once she damages that it's like okay now i am at my full potential now i can i can be me i can body slam spaceships which was my (laughs) favorite moment in the entire movie yeah by the way (laughs) Oh, God, when she's, like, flying around, then she just, like, starfishes out and blows up. Oh, God, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who, are like, um, come at this movie with criticisms. Was like, oh, the she did, she was just a Mary Sue. She didn't have an emotional arc through this movie. I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Did you yeah. not see her, like, come to understand who she was as a person? That's very much an emotional journey that a character goes through. Oh, um, I am conscious of time, so... but. My- yeah. Most of my other notes were just like, again, teeny tiny little irrelevant stuff. So I'm going to just run them down quickly. Uh, when she lands in the blockbuster and she goes to the cop's car. <laughs> yes. And this guy is just in stunned silence. Yeah, that is the correct reaction to Brie Lawson just tapping on your window. <laughs> uh, when she first meets Nick and <laughs> introduces herself as the Kree Star Force. And <laughs> And she's like, oh, congratulations, Agent Fury. You just asked the right questions. And then Nick is like, no, congratulations to you, Star Force lady. And I just have to pause and note that down and also change your Snapchat name. (laughs) You are a Star Force lady in my phone now. Oh, Um, that's that's beautiful. (laughs) uh, The scene on the train where she lands in and then she just like blows a wisp of hair out of her face. I love that moment so much. Uh, I love Stan <laughs> reading the script for Mallrats. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I love how she just beats up an old lady without prompting or explanation. Yes. That's actually from the comics, by the way. She actually did oh, that nice. in Secret Invasion. Actually, nice. I think I think she hesitated and the old lady actually hit her first. Oh. Well, good to see that she has learned from her mistakes. <laughs> uh, Beat that old lady. The- yes. Yeah. I love the Kenny, uh, Kenny, Kelly Sue DeConnick cameo. That was very fun. I appreciate that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, God, when she first uses a computer, like a regular human computer, she's just like doing the finger typing. God. Uh, I think, uh, that's a, actually a major note, so I'm going to save that. Um, I, I love Monica being super mean to Maria and just like guilting her into letting, <laughs> into like going to space. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I love the outfit scene. God, I'm gonna talk about m- oh that my more god and things I dislike, but I love the outfit scene so much. Uh, I love the music stinger when they board Marvel's lab. It had like this weird sci-fi mystery vibe, and that was so cool. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, just everything about Maria's dogfight in the canyon, that was cool. And I think it had the best animated credits of the MCU. The other major point that I had was Fury, actually. I just put Fury in all caps. And this, um, I noted this down at the scene where he was trying to prove to Carol that he was not a scroll. And he's talking about his spy history. <laughs> it was like Bucharest, Budapest. And like, I like the bees. I like to make them rhyme. I think this is the most interesting Fury has <laughs> in, in the MCU. I stand by that. God, he's so funny in this. So that was my, all the notes I had on what I liked about the movie. Is there anything you want to list off real quick? Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Nick Fury is so good in this movie. His relationship with Carol makes this in the, like, I think it might be my favorite, like, but it's almost like a buddy cop movie in a way. Yes. It's, oh my God. He's just such unique chemistry with Brie Larson. It's so fantastic to watch. I believe every ounce of their friendship. Um, I, let's see. What else was there? Oh, there's so many good things. Like, like I said, I love this movie a lot. I could go on about yeah. the little things all day. I, no, um, I really, really loved the music. You brought up the soundtrack. The score for this movie is one of my favorites. Actually, on, on the day I was going to get my name legally changed to the court, I was playing that theme where um, <laughs> Carol powers up for the first time. Like, the entire car ride there. That was, like, all I yes. could think about. It's it's so powerful and so moving. And I don't say that about a lot of MCU scores. I've been really kind of eh yeah. about a lot of them, but not this one. I think the only... I'm, I'm not... <laughs> Yeah, this score, I mean, it was good, but it didn't, like, stick with me. I think the only time an MCU track has ever, like, stuck in my brain was the end credits song for Iron Man 3. It had that, like, 80s funk to it. Oh, man. It was so good. <laughs> uh, anyway. You you said that, and I was, like, wondering, like, what is... And then instantly it came to mind. I'm like, oh, no, I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. I hear it. <laughs> it's perfect. It was and, so um, good. It's so good. And just ignoring the little things for a second, I just, the two big things I need to talk about that really come into play at the yes, end of this yes, movie, please. I need to talk about Goose, who is so amazing. I can't believe they went full flurkin. Oh that scene had the theater just completely in tears. That was amazing. I, I love seeing people's reactions to it the very first time they watched this movie. That's iconic. Yes. Oh my God. I love And Goose. second... Yeah, everything after Carol powers up, it's like, I wish so much more of the movie had had this. Like, I'm always not a big fan of stories where the superhero has to spend most of it powered down, even though I understand yeah. the logistical reasons why. But after she gets powered up and just tears through ships, like the one shot, the tracking shot of just her going straight through a ship and just her punching through room after room of the ship. It's just absolutely yes. incredible. And that was the, the Carol I love to see. Yes, her appearance in Endgame, that was by far my favorite moment of the movie, where she just, like, zips through a whole ship mm -hmm. and nothing flat, and it's like, oh, so good. Oh my god, I cannot, th I put that moment so high, like, something's entered the upper atmosphere, chills. Every time I watch that movie, just freaking chills running through my veins it's like the same feeling i got when luke shows back up in the mandalorian i'm just like this is this is the fan service specifically for me i am the fan <laughs> they are serving me god you know i i was watching the mandalorian season two and one of my mp4 files about halfway through the season was just corrupted and i couldn't play it and i never bothered to get a new one so i've never finished season oh two. no <laughs> 
Um, I hope I didn't spoil anything for you. <laughs> oh, no, no. Twitter already got that down. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope. No, no, you're you're fine. You're fine. So, uh, obviously, you have so much to say that you love about this movie because of your deep connection to it. Uh, what are some <laughs> things that you dislike or feel you could have done better? And for me, this list is not nearly as exhaustive as the things that I like, but I feel like they're a lot bigger because a lot of my... A lot of the things I like about this movie are, like, the minor moments, like the hair puff and Mallrat Stan and the outfit scene, and then the other stuff are a little bit bigger and things that didn't really click with me, and it brought the movie down to that three-star level that just... It could have been so much better but i will let you go first oh there's you bring up a lot like i'm i understand like from a very subjective viewpoint i love this movie but there are a lot of things that could have been better this movie yeah. should have been an all-star movie and it had the potential to be it but absolutely i think did. yeah it's just a lot of issues with pacing through some weird choices especially in like the third act where it just feels like the third act is missing a beat or two there were like you look at concept art of this movie and there's scenes where she's fighting Kree sentinels and there's that like the there's i wish there was an added beat you know another yeah. little thing for her to overcome the climax because once she finds her power that's like the the emotional climax of her story for this movie which is really ended as soon as she tells young rog um i don't have to listen to you anymore yeah and um i just wish there was another physical opponent for her to face at the end there yeah i'm but gonna get to that the, but, uh, you finish your point yeah it's just it's always hard to get an audience to relate to a character who doesn't know who she is for the first yeah. two-thirds of this movie and i think that's was that was always gonna be an uphill struggle from how they wanted to do this and I think they did the best they could because this could have completely fallen on his face. And I don't think it did that. But I do think it wasn't the movie that won over as many people as it wanted to. And, you know, it was a movie that was never going to win over everyone. No matter what anyone says, there were there were going to be people out there that just wanted this movie to not work. And they were yeah, always going to be there. It's a movie with a strong female lead. And that mm -hmm. alone is just enough for a good chunk of you know comics fandom in general to just like immediately review bomb it and i think that's definitely a failing of this community at large mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a consequence of what happens when the community has been largely catered to a certain demographic for so long and then the moment yeah. they start to try to bring in a different demographic they fight against it because it feels like they're getting cut out even though that's not true yeah, uh, but anyway, things that I disliked about this movie, um, my mm -hmm. first biggest note was that it was a waste of Gemma Chan. We were talking about Gemma before we started yeah. recording, and mm -hmm. oh god. Hey, everyone, real quick, just just between us, go to whatever streaming sites it's available on, go pirate it <laughs> if you need to, go watch Humans, go... Please watch Humans if you would like to see Gemma Chan as another artificial sentient being. But this one is actually good and it doesn't waste her. Because it was so... Please watch Humans. Is the... That's the final point of this entire episode. But anyway, my next point that I had was that uh, I didn't think some of the jokes were, they didn't land with me, but that's like a wider problem mm -hmm. I have with the MCU and its need to force quips every 10 seconds. 
and it's <laughs> eventually they start to get stale because it's the same kind of jokes and uh, comedy has always been a big part of my life that uh, for reason I won't get into because it's like just not relevant right now but it uh, it hurts to see like cause there are moments where good comedy could really send a scene way way up and it just that Feige's need to cater with these cheap jokes every two minutes it's honestly starting to infuriate me at this point and I didn't notice it as much before but coming back to it now as uh, uh, uh. anyway <laughs> was there any other points you didn't like before I step in with my stuff no no I think that's a really fair really fair point I know the humor is very hit and miss for people I think this movie was better for me than a lot of others like I'm whenever they really swerve into it it gets a little harder for me to deal with like it was harder for me to deal with Thor Ragnarok even though that's very much Taika Waititi style it was mm. just such a tonal change from everything they'd come before it makes it hard to invest in some of the more dramatic moments when you feel like yeah. they could be undercut at any moment yeah, because the release date uh, chronology, this came right after Infinity War, where everyone, you know, fucking died. Mm -hmm. So yep. it didn't hit as well as it should have. Yeah, and it's coming out when it did. It definitely hit this really weird part where it's like everyone's literally on the edge of their seats waiting for this big climactic moment. And the choice to go back to like the 90s was definitely interesting because it feels like we're going to put everything on pause, completely reverse time, and make sense of how this character already exists. And I think on some levels it works, but, you know, in the moment, it definitely felt like we're taking a pit stop here. And I don't think that helped the movie at all. Yeah, I think if they had released it before Infinity War, it would have been a little bit better received. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I wanted to, before I get to my bigger points, the smallest note that I had was the outfit scene. They had so many good outfits i will maintain <laughs> that for this movie specifically i will happily say fuck comic accuracy i want to see the neon suit in space i wanted it to be that for the remainder of the movie the neon suit <laughs> was so good i think about it twice daily oh my god i love that neon suit also the white green suit that she tried on was really cool i would like to seen that Mm -hmm. But, oh, man. Um, coming back to the jokes, I think that was tied mm. directly into Samuel L. Jackson. This was my fourth note that I had. I think Bree's acting fell off a little bit in the final act. And that's not to say she's a bad actor. She's really good. But I feel like once you remove that chemistry with Jackson it started to feel like she was more reading off a script rather than bouncing off her co-worker and having a good time. And that's also when a lot of the jokes started to slip into that forced Feige's joke book territory. And it started... Because definitely some of the funniest jokes yeah, were I can... delivered by Jackson. Like his thing about um, having uh, his toast cut diagonally. That was so good. It's... And then it just, yeah, I, it fell off for me in the final act. And I, it is definitely mm -hmm. due to separating the two. 
Yeah, I can feel that. I, did, I don't think I noticed it before, but watching it again, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that. I think Bree's acting was great when she had those people to act off of, act off of like you yes. said. I think when she's on her own, a lot of the struggle was just, you know, she's finding herself throughout this entire movie, so she doesn't really have a character to be yet. She just mm. has a character who's like, I'm not sure who I am, so I can't really set myself on anything until later. And by the time we actually meet that character, she's basically like, okay, movie's done. We're moving on now. Yeah. And then when we see her again in Endgame, we don't get any further exploration of that because they actually shot the stuff for Endgame before Captain Marvel. So she had no idea. Like, I have literally no idea who Carol is yet. I'm just going to show up, say my lines, and get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That definitely shines through. It's, um, yeah. I, I will say... No, go, go, mm-hmm. go. I think my big complaint with the um that third act is I'm really tired of the um imaginary battle that happens in the head and all you need to do is like really believe in yourself, which is hard because it's like I definitely believe that's a good theme of the movie, but the whole I'm gonna have an imaginary battle with the um with the Cree um why am I I'm take my nerd card away I completely forgot supreme what the the supreme intelligence yep thank you and <laughs> she's gonna have that battle in her head and just can shoot light until she is like everything works until she believes in herself hard enough and then the light doesn't work for some reason it's like that doesn't hit perfectly with me yeah. but I'll, i'm giving it a pass because the moment that follows is like my favorite mcu moment ever so i'm fine oh my god and that benning in that scene was so good the jacket and then she like starts jamming oh my god <laughs> that there are a lot of jokes that fell flat in the third act that was not one of them <laughs> You do you remember that scene in Attack of the Clones where Jango Fett and Boba are chasing Obi Wan through the asteroid field and they yes. drop mm-hmm. the pulse bomb thingy and it mm-hmm. gave way to the sexiest sound effect in all of science fiction <laughs> ever. Holy shit. Yeah. Hang on, son, we'll move into the asteroid field. And we'll have a couple of surprises for him. <laughs> Seismic charges. Stand by. I would have loved something a, li- a little with a little just slightly less gravitas than that i would have loved something like that for carol's photon blast because they have no like oh my God. iconic now- sound effect you know because captain Amer- if i said to you mm-hmm. the sound of captain america's shield you would immediately have the mcu's reverberating thunks in your mind if i said to you the sound of <laughs> Iron Man's repulsor, you would hear that, like, faint whine of it powering up, in, especially in the phase one when he had, like, the actual tin can suits, which I'm so mad they got rid of, but, uh, again, that's not relevant. I wish Carol had had an iconic sound effect for her photon blast, but, ironically enough, that scene where she flies up to stare down Ronan and she pounds her fists together and there's, like, a little shockwave that sound effect if you i'm just gonna give myself a little bit of silence here and i'm just gonna i'm gonna splice it in now okay great 
And <laughs> if if I had had that, but like for her photon blast constantly, that would have ruled for me. Oh man, that was so good. I know it's probably not like super fresh because it's a very like split second one and done sound. So you might not have it super fresh in your mind, but mm -hmm. oh man. I just wish her photon blast sounded like anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I completely get that. And that's something I hadn't even thought about. But then the moment you're like, think about what her set, her photon blasts sound like. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if I can picture it in my head. Because you're right, the like Iron Man's repulsors are so iconic. It would have been great if they had put just a little bit more into the sound design there. But oh, maybe in the future. Because they can, they can change in the future. They can, they can upgrade. Yeah, Carol's only going to get stronger. I mean, she's still yeah. like figuring out <laughs> how to you know what she can do and i'm so excited i really it'd be really cool if they can like differentiate it from everything that monica does when they meet up yes. in the marvels if they yeah i was just about to say if they can figure it out in time for the marvels I'll, I'll be happy uh the final note that i had for my complaints was that i think she should have beat yon rog's ass i know what the <laughs> i have nothing to prove to you line I know what the intention's for, and I get mm -hmm. why it's in there. But when you set up Yon Rog from, like, the second act onward to be someone who has lied to Carol her whole life, he has manipulated mm -hmm. her, he has tamped her down, controlled her, and you have set him up to be the surprise villain, and you create this climax with the stare down at the crashed ship, and this, you know, this big fight in the canyon, and they finally meet, it's this meeting of equals, and then you just kind of drop it off for the sake of the theme of independence. And it, it's gonna leave the audience feeling robbed. I'm sorry, Anna Voden, but yeah, <laughs> it kind of sucked. It was a stinker moment. I wanted to see them fight. <laughs> Let them fight. Oh, I I get it, but at the same time, I kind of don't because I under I think it's that conclusion of the fact that this is why he's been telling her to hold back the whole time. Because if she was to actually let herself loose, to let herself be free, then no one would be able to control her, and she would be on uh, her power would be her own, you know. So I yeah. think that was a the fact that it ended so quickly was a good solid like this is the this is what would happen end of discussion. This is why it was so important, and I think that's good for the theme. But I do like I it goes back to my my problem like I would have loved to seen another physical threat during that yeah, final yeah, conflict. Exactly. And yeah, but honestly, I I was like. Yeah, I do want to see her beat someone's ass. And my 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 last complaint is going to be they should have left in the biker scene. Because oh, you know what? Yeah. Looking back retroactively, if the movie was going to be this fucking controversial for absolutely no reason, they should have left in an actual reason for it to be controversial. <laughs> like, give yeah. us the biker scene. <laughs> Let's uh, let these dude bros actually be mad at something that like <laughs> they can probably be mad at. <laughs> um, give them something other than vague comments from Brie Larson saying, hey, maybe don't be racist. And then, yeah. then we can let them pop off. Give them, yeah. <laughs> give them a reason to be mad. She beat you up in the movie. Now you can be upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's valid. Uh, I think <laughs> the way I would fix my Yon Rog problem is I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it a fight because that would suggest they're equal. I mm -hmm. would be happy with her just like blossing him around a little bit, like just like effortlessly throwing him into the air <laughs> and then just like playing trampoline with photon blasts. I think that would be good because mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> she's just kind of releasing some of this pent up anger that she has 
about being controlled for six years. That's a long ass time, by the way. I would love to see her release all this aggression, all this emotion that she's had to keep inside by just playing Ragdoll with Yon Rog. And, you know, I wouldn't. It's not like a super. It's not an examination of Carol's morals. So, but, you know, I wouldn't have. Uh, kill him just you know roughhouse him a little bit just to show him yeah. that like yeah i don't need you and what's more you are an ant to me and so i'm just gonna beat you up i'm not gonna fight you i'm going to demolish you and then take you back to the supreme intelligence that would have been fine i'd have been happy with that <laughs> <laughs> I that would have been really entertaining to see, and you still would have gotten people in YouTube comments saying this is anti-man. So I think we, <laughs> I think we both win from that scenario. Yes. Very good. All right. So stepping stones is uh, this is a very heavy question because this is the first MCU movie episode, so this question carries a lot more mm -hmm. weight than it did for the other ones. But is this a movie that you can enjoy to the fullest extent? without any prior experience to the genre or the franchise and what's more did this movie remind <laughs> you of any other movies uh outside the mcu obviously <laughs> um and if people enjoyed this movie uh, what would you say is a good next watch Ooh, say that's a hard one i think that you definitely need a little bit of MCU knowledge to really get the most out of it i don't think you need to watch everything to like have fun with it but to, like, understand everything that's happening with, like, Nick Fury and everything's going on with the world to get all the best out of the cameos that happen in it. I do think it's best to get that MCU knowledge. I think it makes everything work better. But I think that's a, a good thing with all the MCU movies. Is I think all of them kind of work independently. But together, they become a much better full picture that I really appreciate. And a movie like this beyond this specific universe that's a harder one because i'm like what's a what's a good movie that has a lot of these same themes that hit like a lot of the same moments for me and i my, i feel so stupid because my place the first place my mind went to was like frozen <laughs> and it might well, sound like stupid hey, at first valid but that's valid and it doesn't have to be like beat for beat oh <laughs> these are the themes these are the character developments it can just be like it has a similar aesthetic style, like it has a similar plot. It doesn't have to be like a, a copy, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, then I'm going to double down. I'm going to double down Frozen because All they're right. both about these these poor these poor girls who just need to figure out how to control their shit. And then once they figure out how to control their shit, they're unstoppable and it's great. And they also both exude big lesbian energy. So that's <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I already mentioned humans, which is, uh, you know, a show, but that's more for like Gemma Chan specifically. <laughs> uh, but that is still a very good show. Um, I have to check it out myself, but you. S yes. Oh, my God. As for other works, I never really thought too hard about this one, which is not <laughs> good because this is <laughs> my show. I should have answered. <laughs> yeah, you were the one who knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. Um,. Oh, geez. I'm trying to think of, like, sci-fi space adventures that aren't Star Wars or Star Trek. Which is funny, because they changed Carol's cat's name. It's Chewie in the comics for Chewbacca, and they changed it to Goose for Top Gun. Which is <laughs> weird. Weird change to make. I yeah. don't see why they couldn't just keep it Chewie. Um, I'm bringing up the I think they said they didn't now. want people getting confused. <laughs> 
That's what? Oh, wh- whatever. Yeah, I, I don't understand how corporations make decisions. Yeah. Cause I have a soul. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing up um my letterbox now just to see. I'm flipping through the sci-fi tab. Hey! Oh, that's so. You know what? I just came across the perfect one, but also the weirdest okay. one. Mm-hmm. Go watch the, uh, what was it, 2009, 2008. Go watch the CGI Astro Boy movie with Nicolas Cage and Freddie Highmore. That's honestly, oh. the yeah, it's a weird pick, but when I saw it, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, because it's about this boy <laughs> who is, you know, he's struggling with his past and his memories, and once he recaptures his memories, he not only becomes a full character, but he becomes, he learns how to be a hero beyond just like his own individual identity. And what's more, I think it does it better than Captain Marvel because he figures out who he is about, uh, I would say a little over halfway through the movie. So you get that much more time. It's like the first half is Toby figuring out who he is and that's like carol's amnesia arc with the crash and like infiltrating the archives at shield and then the second half of astro Mm -hmm. boy is him using that to build himself up as better than himself as someone higher than himself and i think i would count that as like carol's missing years when she went off with the scrolls to find them a new home and she was just zipping around space for a little bit I would, oh god, Astro Boy's also just really mm-hmm. fucking good. I cry every time I watch that movie. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to say Astro Boy, that's, 2009. That's such a good one. I wouldn't have ever thought about that. I haven't seen it since the day it came out, so I need to go back and revisit it. Yeah, I've only rewatched it like once since it's released. Oh god, it's so good. Uh, So, <laughs> lastly, if you were in this movie as an extra... Or maybe mm-hmm. a minor background role with like three to five lines. What scene would you like to be mm-hmm. an extra in? Ooh, um, <laughs> I give, make me um make me an extra in the flashback bar scene. Let me be the one singing with Brie instead of Maria. <laughs> that that's my role. I'm the I'm the duettist. I'm I'm Brie's mysterious hidden girlfriend. That's who I am. <laughs> Gee, Carol, how come Kevin Feige lets us two Mm. <laughs> I would I think I would be one of the one of the shield personnel who is like uh with the guy who Fury shows the ID to and asks to see about uh the crash. I would be like one of that guy's entourage. <laughs> I just think that would be fun. Because <laughs> it's also the that scene would be fun. It would... where I get to see Free Lawson in nine inch nails t shirt. <laughs> It, yeah, that would be fun. It would also be fun to be any of the scrolls, just to get any put into that makeup for a good. second. Yeah. Just, oh man, oh, God. I would dig it. I missed this when I was noting it down, but it just popped back into my head. I, what? Just the scene where they just get to Shield Base, the Pegasus Base, mm-hmm. and Fury's like lose the flannel. The sheer anger of Carol of telling a lesbian to lose the flannel. God. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so good. How dare you? Well, that is 
the credits roll for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, other Carol, for allowing me to steal a little bit of your time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This was absolutely awesome. You have such a great show going here, and I loved every second of it. Thanks for letting me ramble, and sorry if I talked over you at all, because we're across the we're across the sea from each other, Thank and sometimes so there's much. a delay. That means a lot. Oh, I can cut out the delays. It's fine. Once again, the power of editing. Oh, good. Um, I love it. I would like you to, just real quick, recommend a movie that has absolutely nothing to do with the one that we just talked about. Just any movie, one that you've watched recently, uh, a longtime favorite, one you're thinking of Ooh. watching, even if you haven't seen it. Just uh, pick one at random and recommend it for the lovely people. Oh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to recommend a movie I watched just this weekend because it's one of my favorites of all time. And I just decided it's one of my favorites of all time this weekend. Easy A. I love Easy A so yes. much. Oh, my God. I love that movie so God. much. It's so good. Oh, the movie that made Emma Stone and for good reason. Really? I thought that was super bad. Oh, did super bad come before you? Was it? Idea. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, is there anything you would okay. like to plug? <laughs> Yips. One of them. It, around that time. <laughs> uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Um, yeah, you can find me over on Twitter at Ann Comics, and you can also check out my podcast with the lovely Dallas and Lexi Taylor over at the Comics Collective. You can find that at Twitter at CMX Collective, and you can also listen to our show every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your shows at. We just did a show this week about Green Arrow um, Quiver, and we're doing a show next week about Saga. So yeah, lots of fun stuff happening over there. Hell, yes, I seem to remember it was Dallas's podcast, but all right. <laughs> Thank you once well, again. I, it, it's our podcast. <laughs> collective. Our. Our. That's the collective. The communist collective. Uh, <laughs> Thank you once again for attending this week's showing of our feature presentation. I will see you again next week as I host a screening. Of, no, I'm not hosting a screening. Because it's the first video game episode, and I'm going to be playing Uncharted 3. <gasps> so, that's going to be exciting. I'm uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, pick up your trash before you leave. <laughs>